Why are there different accents in the regions of Vietnam? Why do Vietnamese have two wedding ceremonies? Why do Vietnamese have French words? Why is Vietnamese in Latin script? Why do Vietnamese ride motorbikes? You're listening to Why Do Vietnamese, a cultural podcast by Visar. Welcome to Why Do Vietnamese, Vietnamese cultural talks with Visar. Each episode, we pick a new topic of why do Vietnamese do this or that, and share our personal insight on the topic. We hope that through these podcasts, we can help answer questions you didn't even know you had about Vietnamese culture. My name is Brian, the president of VSAR, and your host for today. Joining me today is someone very special from the Chinese Student Association at Ryerson University. Uh, Audrey is joining me here today. Hello, Audrey. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Audrey, and I am the vice president for the um, Ryerson University's Chinese Student Association. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. Well, thank you so much for joining, Audrey. Um, I know you have lots of great stories to share from your perspective, and so much more about Chinese culture that we also want to share the insight. And I think it's such valuable to have you here for our special second special Lunar New Year episode. Um, so I'm so grateful that you're here <laughs> and excited <laughs> to see what we're gonna go into. So, as we are aware, it is Lunar New Year now, and by the time this is Posted, it will be the new year. So uh, let's take a moment to share our New Year's wishes in our respective languages. So I'll do Vietnamese first, and then you can do Chinese. Um, so I'll start first. So for Vietnamese, uh, we always start off with your Happy New Year. So chúc mừng năm mới, vạn sự như ý, an khang thịnh vượng, sức khỏe dồi dào. So that meant Happy New Year. Uh, thousands of your things that you're doing are all gonna go as you planned. Uh, wishing you lots of Good luck and fortune, as well as lots of good health. So, Audrey. Okay, so I'm gonna do mine in Cantonese, um, just because um, usually I speak Canto at home with my family. So, um, 祝大家身体健康，学业进步，出入平安。So the first one meant basically really good health throughout the year. Everyone stays healthy, which is really important in these times. Um, 学业进步 means like. Um, improving in your studies because, like, we're university students. We need to get better. G- we need higher, G- high GPAs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And chut ya ping on just basically means um, no matter if you're it going in or going out from your home, like everything is good. You know, nothing bad's gonna happen to you. Everything is just like in a good state. Mm-hmm. Very good and very meaningful wishes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So thank you, Audrey, for sharing your wishes.、Uh, I do believe that it's so nice to hear different languages and as well as being able to share our deeper insights into these wishes. As they are a very meaningful aspect of Lunar New Year, is sharing each other's with these wishes and greetings to start off the new year on a good start. And now, before we get into today's topic for our podcast, we do have our V Music feature, which will share a bit of a song relating to each episode's topic. And already, I guess you guys can guess it's probably going to be about Lunar New Year. But、uh, we'll get right into it.
Alright, so that song was Tết Lạ Đây Chí Đào by Orange and Sea Chains. So that song, what it meant was uh, the Lunar New Year is here, where else can it be? And it talks about how in the modern times, everybody's so busy with your phone, social media, TikTok and everything that you forget to come together as a family and really celebrate. So it's kind of like a reminder as that is here, it's where the family is. So let's celebrate in that way. So yeah. Really good song, in my opinion. <laughs> Very festive. <laughs> and there's yes. a TikTok trend, too, if anybody wants to try that out. Um, all right, so we'll get right into our topic for today. Our topic on why do Vietnamese uh, is why do Vietnamese eat vegetarian food during Lunar New Year or also just avoid meat in general during the first day or some people like the first week of the New Year? So Audrey, have you heard of anything similar to this before or like, what do you think about this? Yeah, like I've heard of it. My family also does something similar to that. Really? Wow. <laughs> nice to hear that there's already similarities we're drawing right there. So just a bit of insight to why specifically Vietnamese have this tradition is so it originally began around like a thousand years ago in 1000 B- AC. Uh, during the the Lei Dynasty, so during this time, Buddhism became really widely influenced throughout the areas of Vietnam uh, that was Dai Viet at that time, and it's currently the northern regions of modern day Vietnam. And during this time, Buddhism was really widely spread amongst the royal family, the locals, the citizens of the of the nation as well. And the tradition of this vegetarian diet branched off from Buddhist teachings where they don't want to eat meat as part of building good merit and focusing on karma where when they eat meat they're causing an animal to suffer which is why they choose vegetarian options to start off the year in a good positive thought. This tradition of vegetarian diets on the first day can be found throughout the regions of Vietnam, North, Central, South um, and Buddhism actually has a larger influence on the southern Vietnamese regions. So many devout Buddhists would adapt vegetarian diets for the first few days, sometimes even the first 15 days of the new year. Um, And the reason for adapting these is because Buddhism, like I said earlier, there's the concept of freeing all beings from suffering. And one of that is refraining from slaughtering any animals for food because you are freeing them from their suffering as being a part of this lifetime. The first day of the lunar calendar is typically a very auspicious day for most East Asian cultures. Uh, And Vietnam is no exception to that. On the first day of Lunar New Year, many locals and Vietnamese overseas will visit the Buddhist temples or local temples uh, and pray for good health and, and a happy new year and just good fortune. And as a result, they typically stay for lunch or like a meal at the temple and it's bound to be vegetarian anyways. And... So they're going to be having that as a meal of the day anyways. So they might as well keep it for the whole day to have that good feeling of you're eating healthier food, fresher and vegetarian diet to have like a clear start to the new year. In addition to religious beliefs, nowadays there's also that new trend of living a healthy lifestyle and not just eating so much meat. So vegetarian diet can act as like sort of like a meat cleanse for some people where they're just, I'm going to start the year on a healthy note. I'm going to protect the environment in our water systems by not having runoff water from eating too much meat and increasing the demand for meat. 
Um, so there's also that side as well as a new, more recent reason as why people partake in this tradition. But um, overall, it's mainly because of religion and it's just like a fresh start to the new year. And in present times, this has evolved into a huge industry of vegetarian food options in the country, in Vietnam, and it's just in Vietnam communities overseas as well. You can find a huge range of vegetarian options uh, from very elaborate foods. You, like, you wouldn't even expect it. And they're mainly made out of gluten, tofu, or like different vegetables that are spices are put in there, the sauces are used, but it's all vegetarian, but it's like imitation duck, chicken, meat seafood like anything that you can imagine in terms of food regularly there's a vegetarian version of it in vietnam which is crazy like the amount of talent and the amount of skill that they put into creating these dishes and it's it's very interesting so very famous dishes like pho bong bao hui and like bong brieu there are vegetarian options very interesting and both overseas and in vietnam you can find many vietnamese buddhists who continue to adapt this temporary vegetarian diet during the Lunar New Year time, sometimes, like I said earlier, arranging for 15 days. Um, but most people would do it for the first day, Lunar New Year day. And that helps them have a cleanse, as well as building on that religious aspect to it as well. So, Audrey, I heard you earlier saying that your family does this as well. So, is the reasoning behind that similar, or is it a bit different, or what is your intake to this? Um, well, my family's just very traditional. We've just been always doing that. To what I've been told by my parents, they tend to change it up sometimes, <laughs> is that, like, it's just kind of like a good start to the new year, like cleansing, kind of just like you want a good, nice start, you know, to start things off clean, so a really nice just cleanse to the body, just in general. So, like, it's, so it's very similar, actually. So we, sometimes, depending on um, who we have lunch or dinner with, because... Um, we usually will just have like go to vegetarian restaurants. So in Hong Kong, like all the vegetarian restaurants or restaurants will just try to serve many many more like vegetarian options to gain more customers. And then the bookings are just so hard to get around on top. You have to book like a month in advance just to get a seat. It's insane. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Like they yeah. That's actually really interesting how they like change their menu to vegetarian options. Yeah, they have yeah, like, like they'll do specifically. Mm-hmm. It's really meeting the demand, I would say. Good business. <laughs> business <laughs> yeah. tactics. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, I think how there's that similarity right there. I think regionally, Hong Kong, where your family's from, and Vietnam, they're kind of in near proximity as well. So that might have some reasoning behind why there's that similarity as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's... Really interesting. So now you guys know why do Vietnamese eat vegetarian during the New Year is because of these reasons. And so we've mentioned slightly about this one specific traditional aspect, which is eating vegetarian diets during the Lunar New Year. So I know another really interesting one that personally I find is very interesting of a topic as well as there's so many similarities and like differences between Asian cultures. But I want to hear about it, and I think it's really worth sharing. So what are some of the superstitions that you grew up with during the New Year? Um, <laughs> well, there's a lot, I'm going to be honest. My family is very traditional. Like, even though I'm in Toronto right now, they will call me, they'll send me things. Like, these are all from Hong Kong. My parents bought them and shipped them over here 
last year and then they're like just reuse them every year like you know you have to put things up and I'm like got it <laughs> so one of, one of them is that we have to clean the house so a, a very like common tradition is cleaning the house like um the kind of like new year's eve of for chinese for the lunar new year and then which is and then we also have to do like a pamelo pamelo leaf bath so you get pamelo leaf you boil it in water and so it become the water becomes green and just like has like the essence of like the pamelo leaf and then you just wash your entire body with it sometimes we'll even walk clean the house with it so i had to like get a swiffer like with a towel drenched in this pamelo leaf water and then just like completely just mop the entire like house <laughs> for that just to satisfy my parents um and then we also took like a seven flower bath so you have to find um like seven like flowers of like seven different colors um and then just also drench yourself in that as well after the pamelo leaf water <laughs> so that's just um one of those things that i just have to do every year and because it's not easy to find that kind of thing my parents found a, com a small company in hong kong that does these specialized soaps and one is for the pamelo leaf bath and the other is for the flower bath so i have like just a bar of soap that has all those infused essences and i just like take a bath in that like every chinese new year now that's really convenient i think <laughs> yeah, modern like times just, modern yeah. solutions yeah <laughs> but that's wow that's very intense i yeah. was not expecting something <laughs> that intense but uh wow i i that, that's that's crazy it's amazing actually. yeah wow. uh, you do the entire house but i that's actually very similar to vietnam as well the whole thing about the um polymer leaf so that one is also considered lucky and auspicious in vietnamese culture as well so people after they go to anything that's considered auspicious like a funeral or whatever before they enter their house they would wash their like face and stuff with the pomelo leaf water uh, and that would be used to clean like the the buddha altar and like different things like it's considered like almost like holy water in some way uh, but with like a more asian twist to it uh and to, to clean the whole house i think that must smell really good <laughs> yes the entire house just smells amazing like after like the first two days and then i'm just like oh it just smells so nice and fresh and you're just like like it's weird because once the entire apartment is just covered in that smell, you just it just feel you just feel it's like weirdly refreshing. I can't explain it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, I agree. It's like yeah. nostalgic in some way. Like that smell has been connected to that season. Like you would only like you smell that and you're just like, oh, it's New Year, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like if Bath and Body Works came out with that scent, I think a lot of Chinese people would buy that. <laughs> <laughs> as a candle just like the entire house would just smell like chinese new year like uh money is coming <laughs> you know what you are probably saying a really good business idea looks like <laughs> you gotta start that now <laughs> i think um another smell that's really nostalgic for me is like fresh fruits flowers and like tangerine smell specifically oh, reminds me a lot of lunar new year like i like i remember my house would have like you can buy so much of mandarins oranges um tangerines citrus fruits in general uh are a very big part of lunar new year i would say um so that's another smell that is like really connected to lunar new year for me yeah um, but like seven flowers you said earlier and now it's all in a, a bar of soap it's very convenient yeah <laughs> that must be really hard though i can imagine like you're it's the winter here in canada and you have to go find seven different flowers like 
Yeah, which is why they're like, yeah, we're just gonna send you this bar of soap that has everything, so just just do that. And I'm like, okay. We love convenience. It's yes. Nice. <laughs> yes. So in terms of like superstitions for me, I would say not sweeping the house for the first three days of Lunar New Year is a very big thing in Vietnam. Because it's believed that if you sweep your house during the first three days of Lunar New Year, the luck that has arrived during the New Year will be swept out the door. Um, so that's why, similar to you, prior to the New Year, like the uh, a few days or a week, intense cleaning of the house is yes. done. Yes. Cleaning every single nook and cranny you can imagine, pulling out everything from the corners, behind couches, under everything, just cleaning everything to get rid of all the old years, dust, all the old years, yes. bad luck, and just start the new year really fresh. Um, I think it's a really good excuse to make your living space all clean again. So because like you didn't really, if you don't clean all year, it's like the one time a year, let's clean up and uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a reasoning and more motivation yeah. to do so. Yeah, and also and you find things you don't want under, under the bed. And you're just like, okay, out, out the door you go. Exactly. You can clear yeah. up space and get yeah. ready to shop for the new year. Buy new clothes for the new year. Throw out your old stuff. Go donate it or go thrift it and um, get yourself some new clothes for the new year, which is also another auspicious act in the new year uh, to have a new set of clothing, at least one, for the new year to start off the new year fresh. So you don't want to wear anything that's ripped on the first day of Lunar New Year, you don't want to wear anything black. You don't want to wear anything that's like considered old or like really raggedy. Uh, that's another suspicion uh, or superstition during the Lunar New Year is you have to wear new clothes. Uh, new start, new beginning. So there's also, I mentioned, no sweeping the house during the New Year. No wearing old clothes. I think another one um, would be you're not allowed to wash your hair too during the first some people go for three days some people go for like a week i don't know how they do it um they don't wash the hair for the first like few days of the year it's like let's keep our luck we're not gonna wash it we're not gonna sweep the house um i don't know some people still do it apparently it's better for your hair too to not wash your hair every day you know keep the natural oils but <laughs> yeah um, it's, it's an interesting one I do that too. Like I just like don't wash my hair for like the first maybe one to two days because after two days, my like because my hair is very thin and oily. It looks like I haven't washed myself in a week. <laughs> <laughs> dry shampoo innovation. Yeah, yeah. It's just. I don't funny. think dry shampoo counts, so you should be okay if you use that. <laughs> I mean, I don't go out that much now because of the pandemic, so I should be fine. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So another superstition I would say in Vietnam is called Samnuk. That one is where you look at the zodiac of the person who is like the head of the household and then you find of that year if the zodiac of that head of the household matches with somebody else's zodiac age and that person must be the first person to step foot into the house and that is believed to give them good luck for the year. It's called Samnuk um, and that person will be welcome to the house if their their age or the zodiac matches with whoever is the head of the household, then it's believed to give them, give them good luck. And if you have somebody who's not matching with the age, you're bound to have a year of bad luck. Which is why in Vietnam, you never visit a stranger's house or go to other people's houses during the first morning of the new year. Afternoon, evening, okay. But the morning, you do not do that because you don't want to mess up people's samnook tradition. 
And some people take it very seriously. They will lock their kids out of their house and be like, you will return tomorrow morning, <laughs> go somewhere, come back the next day because your age fits with the head of the household kind of thing. Oh my god, I, I remember doing that a bit for like when I was a kid. But we weren't, like, our parents weren't crazy enough to, like, say we're not allowed in the house until, like, the next day. Our parents are just kind of like, okay, go hang out with grandma for today and just, like, we'll see you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> they have and it in, like, in Hong Kong, too? Um, yeah, like, like some households do that. Like, my parents used to do that. They don't really do that anymore. They're just kind of like, eh, it's fine. We do enough things here. <laughs> 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 yeah, you have a lot of traditions to uphold, so... Yeah, like, like <laughs> for this, like, our entire family, like, every year we, like, they go all out. We all have to wear, like, traditional Chinese, like, qi pao, and then, like, 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 Chinese, like, traditional Chinese wear. So I have, like, this, like, sweater that I just have to wear every year at Chinese New Year. <laughs> and then my dad just has his jacket that he just wears every year. Like, we all wear, like, the same thing just every year for Chinese New Year because it's like, oh, it's chinese like the one time a year you wear it <laughs> i i think it's nice to have that it really throws you in the mood um and it's like a way to really preserve like traditional clothing in some way because like when else are you gonna wear it right yeah but i know some people wear it on a daily basis like some like certain like people will like oh no i just like it it just looks nice on me so they'll just wear it whatever <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's like goals to be honest with you. <laughs> to bring back traditional clothing and like incorporate into daily life. Because the way clothes was designed back then was designed for the weather and practicality. Um, versus now it's more for looks and it might not be the best adjusting to the weather. So yeah, I do think it's a nice aspect of history. Yeah. So that's some crazy superstitions we have shared so far. Um, I'm sure you have plenty of more, but... <laughs> We yeah, have... I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's a lot. <laughs> we can be here until next year. Yeah. So, yeah. Next thing here we have is, do you know if there are the differences between the Vietnamese and the Chinese Zodiac in origin story? Like, are you aware that there are any differences? Um, Not that I know of, because I've never really heard the Vietnamese version. I know the Chinese version really well, because we were like, dr- like brainwashed it throughout primary school every year you just watch the same video until you graduate and you're like okay i don't have to watch this video anymore (laughs) (laughs) i think growing up i had like this vhs tape that it was in cantonese it was like a cartoon of this story Uh, i don't know maybe we watched the same one but like (laughs) maybe honestly maybe Uh, but in the vietnamese zodiac for a lot of people actually don't realize that there's very minor differences but they are kind of big differences uh, one of them being the actual animals that are in the zodiac are actually different. So for the Chinese zodiac, you have the ox, and then you have the rabbit or bunny, and then the goat. So those are the three animals I want to point out. So that's on the Chinese side, right? There's, I think it was sheep or a sheep, rabbit, and ox. Vietnamese side, it's actually a water buffalo instead of an ox. Um, instead of a rabbit, it is a cat. And instead of a sheep, it's specifically only a goat. So I know I've seen some people saying a year of the ram, and then they have like plush sheeps and like rams and things. But in Vietnam, it's only goat. It's specifically only goat. Like there's no mention of like a, a ram or like a sheep. And 
those are the main differences. So that's why a lot of people are just like, oh, what is your zodiac sign? If they say like rabbits, you know that, oh, they're from Chinese. So if you say cat, then they know it's like Vietnamese. Uh, in terms of the story though, I do believe it's very similar where the Jade Emperor held a competition for animals of the earth realm to have a year named after each animal and the 12 of them would pick as the first 12 winners once they made it to the heaven gate and they had this giant race between the 12 animals to make their way and it was in the order of rats, uh, ox or water buffalo, then tiger, bunny, or no, tiger, dragon, yeah, rabbit. No, no, it's tiger, bunny, ra- it's tiger, bunny, and then dragon, and then snake. Snake, yeah. Uh, I can do it really quickly in Canto, but if I need to translate it in my head, it takes me a bit. <laughs> Let's do do it. Share it in Cantonese. Okay, so it's in Cantonese, it's... Um, 鼠牛虎兔龙蛇马羊猴鸡狗猪 <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Like we were like also brainwashed into that. So, um, so it's like rabbit, ox, tiger, bunny, dragon, snake, horse, um, goat, and then monkey. Wait. Monkey rooster. Yeah. Monkey rooster dog pig. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the translation took a bit. <laughs> this it's similarly like, in Vietnam too, like people would say yeah. it, like they have like on the top of their head, which is like yeah. Like that's yeah. the the order too, and yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, and then it just like you have to translate it, and then just like the internal Google Translate is like buffering, 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 and I'm like, ah. Oh. It really is, honestly. Yeah. Honestly. So that's really interesting to see these differences between like the two zodiacs and I think it's a lot and really deeply rooted in the traditions and superstitions as well based on zodiac signs and this year is also the year of the tiger uh, in Vietnamese it is Nyam Yung uh, or I think it is the water tiger from what I believe um, yeah so that's what it is so now into an aspect that's a bit related to what we mentioned earlier but more broad and way more complex what is your favorite lunar new year food oh my god i don't honestly there's so much (laughs) you can list them list a few i i really like i really like the niangao so like the traditional Mm -hmm. like chinese the new New year cake Mm because like we like we we cut it up into like rectangles, dip it in egg and pan fry it. It is like the best thing ever. Like that is just hands down one of my favorites. I mean, radish cake in Chinese culture is very normal, so even if it's not Chinese New Year, we can kind of get it. So that's also very normal. There's the water cress cake, the water cress um cake, which is also really good because that one it's like you it's like kind of clear and it's yellow and then there's like tiny like bits of watercress in there it's like really refreshing it's it's just so good is it is it like (laughs) the jelly that has like the goji berries in it um no that's a different that's like a different like chinese dessert that's guayfago which is like um what i think it's chrysanthemum i think is what guayfago is in in english and then like Mm -hmm. in like jelly but oh, like, okay, okay. yeah, but that one's also really good. <laughs> <laughs> like I like there's just so many different types because there's also um fa char donggu which is kind of like there's this Chinese vegetable kind of looks like hair it's like really dark and thing, 
or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called in English. I'm I'm sorry. Um, it's like I think I believe it's like a type of seaweed, isn't it? It's like an algae. I think it's so. Like called angel hair in Vietnamese. I think. Oh. It's very okay. thin and it's black moss. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that and then with um, just Chinese, just dried dried mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Like the best thing ever. Like like my brother and I, we will fight over it. <laughs> Like it's ve- it's all vegetables, but we just fight over it heavily because <laughs> we I only have it like once a year. That 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 like that algae you're referring to, I think it's actually banned in China, I believe. It you it used to be not banned in China, so it used to be mm-hmm. okay. So like yeah. back then we were like, so now I just I just really miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can still find it in Toronto pretty easily. Like there was an article I don't know. a few weeks ago. I don't know. Um, I've n- I don't know how to make it. I need to ask my parents how to make that. Like that is one thing I need to get into. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting too because I well personally for me I'm actually Chinese as well, so I do have the ningao too. Uh, for me, because I'm Taiwanese culture, we call it tika, meaning sweet cake, uh, yeah. or if it's Cantonese, it'd be ningao. Um, so we do the same thing. We'll also cut it up and fry it after we offer it to the ancestors first, um, and then we fry it. But I believe in Vietnam, they actually have it in the northern regions as well. It's called ban tau, and meaning ancestral cake in Vietnam. And it's the same thing. It's also the glutinous rice mixed with brown sugar and then steamed into a cake um, and stamped with a red seal. That's also in Vietnam as well. For me, I think a like a, my favorite Lunar New Year food would probably not so much because of the taste, but more for the action and the activity of it is hot pot. Um, it's very common to see in Vietnam, the Lunar New Year Eve dinner is hot pot because that is a dish that you would only eat with your family or your loved ones and relatives. And you have to gather all around a table to eat that. So that forces you to kind of reunion uh, and Luang Ving basically is what they would say in Vietnam um, to really come back together and eat this meal together and I just like having that reunion aspect of it and it's so symbolic to the items that you eat so round fish balls, meatballs and things because they're round and whole and unity uh, and then you wouldn't eat things like squid because it's I think in Cantonese culture it's also like rolled up squid it's like people who lost their job would roll up it was like tell you you something like that yeah yeah and, and they don't eat the squid at all um during the new year which is really yeah. interesting um but i do yeah. know that there's this one difference between vietnamese and chinese culture where so you know the bitter melon right yeah uh you don't eat that during chinese new year because it's like no because you don't want like a bitter start to exactly. your new year you want it's a, in the you name want a itself nice, that yeah. it's bitter melon so cool yeah. you don't want to eat that but yeah. Kukwa in Vietnam, it's called Kho Kwa, which is a similar pronunciation to the word Kho, meaning hardships, Kwa as in going by. Hardships be gone. So people always in the south will have a bowl of Gan Kho meaning a soup, bitter melon soup during the new year. And that is the eat that as, as a kind of like the word, the meaning of the, the, the vegetable itself means hardships be gone. So they're believing that they eat the soup, the hardships will move on. But I know that that's like a big no-no in Chinese culture. <laughs> yeah, honestly, with like different cultures, I think it's honestly just how they choose to interpret it. Like on how people just choose to interpret it with their language and then what they know of or like what people have told them before. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. it is really interesting to see how there's that regional difference as well. And the food that's so authentic to one place. It's also, you can draw the similarities in different places as well. Um, but yeah, like the hot pot. I, I, is that a common thing in uh, Hong Kong as well? Um, actually, I'm not sure. Do you mean like the hot pot where like you cook and eat at the same time? Or do you mean like the one gigantic pot with food piled up on like a mountain thing and you eat that one, one giant from one, that one pot? I think either or, as long as it's like the action of gathering around a stove in the middle, okay. and there's like, like a pot cooking. I see, because like in Hong Kong, we have the we have two types. Like one is hot traditional hot pot, whereas like um that they have restaurants here for, which is like you like you order things and you cook them at and then you eat them at the same time, all from the same cooking pot. Another yeah. one we have is called pun choy. Which is literally, um, you have to get this at a restaurant. It's unless you have like a gigantic pot. It's like a maybe, forty inch pot, from the base up. It's just like ve- like base is just like vegetables, like like um white radishes that will like absorb all the sauce and then like use like fish balls, mushrooms, and then like and like abalone and then some fi- shrimp, you know everything, and then like piled on the top like a mountain and then you bring it in. It's like a, it's like, I don't know. It's like. 10 like maybe 8 10 to 10 pounds of food just like in one giant pot that's cooked already so you don't have to cook it reheat it and then you just eat from the pot from the top all the way to the bottom oh my god yeah i think i've seen those here like it's the (laughs) clay pot or something right like i think i've seen it like yeah and things yeah it's just overflowing with food yeah i think i sent you a picture for that did you did you send did i send you a picture for that if not I, i believe i took a picture of that last year I think so. But the hot yeah. pot in Vietnam is the, the type where you cook the food in front of you. Oh, that is the so type it's a different that it's type. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, okay. That would be mainly what they're referring to. Ah, I see, I see. Cool, cool. But uh, it's interesting how there's like that side as well. And um, not so much in Vietnam, but I believe in Chinese culture, like spring rolls, fried dumplings, golden things represent gold ingots. So people like to eat those, soup dumplings and different things. Uh, I don't know in Vietnam. I don't think I've seen that as a widely big thing in Vietnam. It's more like they might have borrowed it, like borrowed culture from surrounding countries. I don't really know. But the main food in Vietnam for that is in the south, there's thịt kho yet or thịt kho tao is what they call it. So it's like pork belly braised with eggs and soy sauce and they would eat that for three days because the markets are not open for three days in Vietnam for the first lunar year so they would just have a pot of the bitter melon soup and a pot of the uh, braised pork belly and egg and they would just reheat that for the next three days and eat it so it's a giant thing and then there's the ban tek ban chung which you see behind here which is like uh, sticky rice wrapped in banana leaf and it's boiled and steamed and inside there's meat there can be bananas beans and different types of flavors and nowadays you have a whole bunch of different varieties of those things but those are some typical things and similarly to what you said earlier with the the nin gao with Afterwards, people would cut it and then fry it, pan fry it to give it the crispy rice edge to it. That's very interesting. Yeah, so those are things that I'm reminded of when it comes to Lunar New Year foods. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd like to try the rice the rice thing you just talked about. That sounds like it would taste pretty, really interesting. It is. It's very like, it almost tastes like zongzi. 
uh, in China. Like oh, the, okay. So kind of uh, like the glutinous rice dumpling where like they yes. put, like wrap it in the bamboo thing for like the yeah. Dragon Boat Festival. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, the Dragon Boat Festival ones. Okay, but Similarly it's like more sweeter. to that, or it, when you go to dim sum, the, the chicken rice that's wrapped oh, in yeah, yeah, lotus yeah, okay. leaf. Yeah, yeah. Similarly to that, the similar oh, idea okay, there. okay, 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 okay. Um, but just like with Vietnamese flavors, I guess? Yes, so it's like much more intense. I know Chinese is like lighter flavors, right? But yeah. in Vietnam, they put lots of soy sauce, salt, pepper, garlic, shallots, mung bean. Oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> it's like very like seasoned. It's very seasoned. So it's Honestly, like that the sounds same really good. <laughs> pork belly is the same pork belly that they used to cook the braised pork belly. They put it inside as the filling of the bantek and bantjung. Oh, jeez. That, that sounds yeah. awesome. I would love to try that. <laughs> it's kind of expensive here now, but a lot of people, as a tradition in Vietnam, they gather together like a week before the new year and their entire extended family and neighborhood come to their courtyard of the house and they spend the entire night wrapping these and they, they had to boil it for 12 hours. They spend the entire night together just celebrating, drinking, eating and wrapping these and they just boil them overnight. So it's like also another really big tradition in Vietnam as well. It's like a uh, an aspect that they do, and um, this the bantek, the round one, the log is in the south, and the banjung, the round one, the square one is in the north. That's the difference here. The banjung only comes in a savory flavor. Bantek comes in sweet and savory. So banana is the sweet version. Yeah, so now that we had so much about food and now I'm starving myself, <laughs> what are some other traditions from your family during Lunar New Year? So let's hear about your experiences. Uh, you mentioned you were in Hong Kong before. So what are some of those memories that really just bring you back to the season? Um, in Hong Kong, like, um, it's usually, um, I think, that's, um, like on the like Lunar New Year, like, like the last day would be like Lunar New Year's Eve. And then it's like, at, like it's like a flower market which is like just the one of the craziest things that will happen in hong kong like it will just you like all the people who will like probably never leave the house all just come out <laughs> so yeah. we've it's like um there's a term was called um yan san yan hoi which is literally the entire like mountains and like sea seas of people it's so it's like so hard to just move forward unless other people move forward. And then like they sell there's like flowers, there's food, there's snacks because everyone gets hungry. People stay there for like three four hours. It's crazy. And then there's like um stores that like um sell like small small businesses will try to um get a spot at these markets to sell like their niche items or like uh like different um Chinese New Year things. So there's like. There was a company that sold like lion dance like box tissue like packages, so it would be yeah. like kind of like um like I don't know like clothes a for yeah a sleeve for your like your tissue box that looks like a like a the, like the lion dance kind of like lions. Wow. Yeah, and then there's like lion <laughs> dance puppets so you can like for kids to play. Mm-hmm. I've seen and then here. yeah, and then there's like a bunch of like crazy stuff like that, and then. It's just insane. Like, it happens for a few days. So, in that day, usually in that time would be, because they're the flower markets, they'll, like, sell different co- a lot of different colors of flowers. Because, you know, a lot of people, like, in Hong Kong at least, will, like, still do the flower baths. So, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll buy it there. And then there'll be, like, people who, like, who, like, 
it's almost a weird game where people just like, oh, I need to find like the the orchid or like um the white the jasmine flower or whatever, with has the most buds, and then they had to predict if if they can like open on like all open or like the most can open on the day of the new year because usually it signifies that you are gonna be have like like really um prosperous for the new year like um because there's like a term like fa hoi fu guai, which is like if um, the more flowers blossom the richer you will become basically so a lot of people just like go trying to count the buds and then sailors are like no this has the most buds and then like i guarantee you this will open on like that day <laughs> and then they'll like rack up the pricing for it because like if numbers go down they're like no and then you're like wait wasn't this like twenty dollars yesterday it's sixty dollars now and they're like yeah like things are going fast but i'm like this is like the cheapest i can do and i'm like it's really not but it's like okay <laughs> supply so, and demand they gotta up the prices yeah this is like this is just crazy and then just like um lion dance in some restaurants like in canada i've been to i don't know if you know the restaurant called the one in richmond hill no i'm so, not aware of that oh uh, um basically before the pandemic every year they would have like um, the money god, so the Choi Sun. Choi Sun, like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would come, and then with the lion dance and everything, and then the entire restaurant would just, like, be, like, so drowned in noise of, like, the traditional dong 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 And then, like, like with the people, like, um, dancing and the lion, with the lions, like, trying, and then after the lions are dan- finished their dance, and then with, like, the New Year greetings, with the, and then with the money god, like, they'll, like, you can take pictures with them, and then... And then, like, you can, like, they'll pose with you, and then, because there are people inside, sometimes they'll, like, open it up, and there's, like, a person inside, you're like, oh, I'm being eaten by a lion, but there's people inside, you're like, oh. (laughs) So, like, we do, like, those crazy things, but it's just, like, really nice and nostalgic. And even if, like, because those things, like, happened when I first got to Toronto, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, I don't feel as homesick as I thought it would be, because, like, Chinese New Year was like one of the things I'm just like you just look forward to if you don't have it you're just kind of like who am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I I totally agree with that like the whole sound of the lion dance it's so it brings you back to Lunar New Year so much yeah. I remember growing up I would go to Vietnamese school and they would have the New Year celebration they would always have the lion dance and it was like the most festive act that they always put on and it just just those sounds just brought you, oh, this is Lunar New Year. Or whenever I go to the temple, like, there's the Vietnamese temple here, or there's also the Fakumsan. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know about that one, the one in Mississauga. I think so, yeah. That one. Yeah. So that one, they always do a really big lion dance and dragon dance together. And it's, well, obviously the pandemic years, they haven't done it, but before... It was like the biggest thing ever, and that always sent me back to the new year. Whenever I hear those sounds, the drums, and just the ambience of that. You know, growing up though, I was terrified of those dr- like the lions. Whenever I see them come out, I'd like run and hide because I feel like <laughs> like a three-year-old kid. Like you see like, this giant monster-looking thing. Obviously, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, kind of traumatized. Fair enough. But- <laughs> fair enough. Like, yeah, but like there's like so many traditions and like superstitions and like origin stories behind like why they have to do that over the Chinese New Year like I was like dry I was just brainwashed in that like in primary school in Hong Kong is like they'll play you the same like three videos it's like first just like oh how the zodiac became to be second is like why we have to wear red and like why we have to make noise and then like third's like around like the food and things you do in over Chinese New Year and you're like it's like I can't get that out of my head now it's like permanently just like just stuck in there <laughs> Well, I think maybe if 
you're older now, looking back, you might see there's a value in that because you've learned about the culture. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people who grew up overseas here, uh, like our Asian traditions were typically or traditionally underrepresented in media, in our school, in just our lives growing up. Obviously now you can see more of it with like the increase of just more awareness about it in the GTA, at least where we are now. I can see it more in like non-Asian streams of media and just grocery stores and different services. I can see there's mention of Lunar New Year. But I remember when I was younger growing up, if you didn't go to Chinatown or like somewhere that was Asian, there was like, it was like, they didn't even know what this was. And a lot of people that I went to school with, they didn't even know, even to this day, they don't even know the cultures of it because they were never taught it. It was never represented. It was never shown. So I really tried hard to grasp onto that with whatever I could and preserve it because for us i think overseas we don't have anything to grasp on for our identity and this is one of the biggest things in our back in our home countries and to see and hear that oh you guys learned about it and it was such a big deal i'm like i'm kind of like oh i guess i'm envious of that in some way i'm like i wish uh i would have been able to be taught that more in my like my peers as well which is another reason why I work so hard for this podcast so that we can share these things that people overseas have not been able to get when they were growing up maybe when they're older and they realize they want to learn more about it we have these resources for them for them to come back towards yeah I mean like I would definitely be in shock if like downtown Toronto just became as hectic as Hong Kong would be over Chinese New Year because Hong Kong like they pull out all the stops it's like like it's like Chinese New Year for in Hong Kong is like Christmas here. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like it's <laughs> like I if you, ass- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I get, like I think at Pacific Mall in like Markham region, the like Richmond Hill, probably it's like used to be just as like flower market and all of that stuff was like. Similarly, I would say, they would do that there. Um, these whole things about flower markets and festivals, it's very similar to Vietnam too. Like they have Jiuhua, uh, so like flower markets where people, similarly to Hong Kong, where they sell like the different stalls and flowers, but in Vietnam it's mainly focused on flowers. So people from the countryside would spend the entire year growing flowers just for the New Year season. So they, they make all their profits and all their money during this one season. So I kind of understand why they're inflating prices. Um, and there's been a lot of PSAs going around in Vietnam saying do not wait until New Year's Eve to buy flowers because it is very disrespectful for the farmers, for these laborers who worked 11 months of the year growing these flowers and to expect them to sell it cheap or give it away for free just because you wanted to wait last minute is like so disrespectful to them and there's been lots of pictures going around on social media on the 29th or the 30th of the Lunar New Year, so like the New Year's Eve you would see farmers sitting at their their market with flower stalls in the city because they came out from the countryside just crying because they weren't able to sell all their flowers. And instead of giving it for free, there's a line saying, meaning they would rather throw it out and destroy the flowers than to give it away for free. So what a lot of like scenes that you see on New Year's Eve is people slashing the flowers, breaking the pots, cutting the trees, breaking it so nobody can take it. And because it costs so much to just transport it back to the countryside, they might as well throw it out. And it's like, 
it's a very big thing where they're just like saying now, for the sake of respect for these people, try not to wait until last minute to buy these things. Because it's their only season that they can make money. But I understand though, sometimes they do a bit like kind of go crazy with like pumping up prices. But I think from a two side perspective of things, there's a reason why they do so. Yeah, but a lot of people like, like they'll still try to haggle. Like, even though they'll end up like, no, I'm gonna go next door to the other flower store and then see what their price is and then come back to you. And then, like, they'll like go all around. They're like, you know what? Yeah, I think I'll go with you. And they're like, I'm like, <laughs> it's just really funny. Well, you know what? That's actually part of the experience, I would say. Bargaining, it's part of the experience. If you don't, you're not in a market. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that's like really interesting to see that how there's those similarities with the markets, the food, line dance is such a big thing in Vietnam as well as in Hong Kong where you grew up. And just there's these similarities there where we can all come together and kind of celebrate this Lunar New Year together and not draw these borders and barriers saying you're a Chinese New Year and Vietnamese New Year. I think like overseas, like we're we're both very similar in terms of the culture, East Asian culture. Like we have our differences that we bring to the table, but at the end of the day it is one new year that we should celebrate together. And I believe it is also observed in Korea as well. Um but they have a lot of traditions as well. Maybe not so as elaborate and as crazy boom 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 as like uh China every now, but uh, it's still there too as well. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's really nice to see all these differences in there. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm really interested in looking into like Japan's New Year because they do a completely different thing as well. Mm -hmm. I believe for Japan they follow the Gregorian calendar, so they they move their traditions of the traditional Lunar New Year to January first on the regular calendar. So there's, I think that's what they did in terms of like officially they transferred it over, but they also have their own calendar based on yeah. the emperor. So interestingly, there's those similarities and differences there. Yeah, definitely. I think another aspect that I forgot to touch on was firecrackers and fireworks. Yeah. So as part of the new year, you're always, like you said earlier, you always want to make loud noises, lots of sound, bringing in like a rushing and roaring new year. So firecrackers, fireworks are such a big part of culture. Um, in Vietnam, they were banned in the mid 80s due to the right. increasing number of accidents and just the way that they were not regulated. So the Vietnamese government did ban them back in the 80s. So a lot of people who grew up in Vietnam have lost that kind of, the sound of the new year has gone. But I know my parents' generation, they mentioned during the first day of the new year and all New Year's Eve, people will be racing to see who can buy a bigger string of firecrackers and hang it in front of their house to show off kind of like, I have oh, more yeah, money yeah. than you. And oh, yeah, it's yeah. like people would spend all of their money and savings on New Year's in Vietnam. So there's a saying in Vietnam called saying, um, meaning you're poor all around the year, but you're rich during the three days of the new year. So they would be extravagant and spend and go all out during the new year, but be frugal and stringent through the all the other years, all the days of the years. And firecrackers was a big part of, I would say, a waste of money almost because they would do overload. Because in Vietnam, if you look at pictures like pre prior to the ban, like the streets would be solid red and full of smoke in the entire city. Because oh, yeah. every single household would burn firecrackers. And red, the paper of the red of the firecrackers would fill the streets. And there's the smell of like the 
the gunpowder is still in the yeah. air. <laughs> yeah, like and in Hong Kong, we are not allowed that, but like in Shenzhen, like more like up, up like f- a little further away from Hong Kong, like kind of closer to like more rural, like like less um developed areas of Hong Kong, and then like go starting to move up to China, like there are people who still do that. So mm-hmm. and or like if you want to do that, you have to go like away from the city to kind of do that. Yeah, but like the government dangerous. will yeah but the government will hold like the an- like an annual like chinese new year like f- um fireworks so like it'll be broadcasted on the news on like every channel on like in hong kong every like major tv channel in hong kong and then it just like will be like chinese new year songs will be playing in on the tv and then you can just like see it and then like depending on where you live in the city you can kind of like also see it from your window and then they do it in different shapes, you know, like happy face, like flowers, like hearts, and like and stuff, which is like insane. Yeah, I think now Vietnam has also reverted to fireworks, really big fireworks show at city hall of the major cities, and it's like a really big thing. Like people all go out and they into the streets to watch it. It's similarly, how here New Year's Eve, people would gather at Times Square or like city hall or these large public squares to watch fireworks shows. They do the same thing in Vietnam, so. I think there's, it's a good replacement. It's not as dangerous, I would say. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, you've lost that that traditional firecracker sound. uh, And it just brings so many people back to the season. I think my parents' generation, even my grandparents' generation, they think of like New Year's is the firecracker sound plus the dragon uh, lion drums those pair together. Because typically it's done where you light a string of firecrackers and the, the lion dance starts going on, like, highly dangerous i don't even know how they did it but it was like a symbol of new year's yeah definitely i really love hearing all these different stories and aspects to these differences in our culture as well and i think it's really valuable to take a moment to really reflect on all of it uh and this was an opportunity for us to really look back and kind of reminisce on all these things that we did growing up as well as sharing to those who haven't got the opportunity to experience this a little more deeper insight into what our culture is like during this extremely important and festive season. So with that, I think this brings us to the end of our fifth and special Lunar New Year episode of Why Do Vietnamese? Please make sure to let us know if you have any suggestions in the future episodes of Why Do Vietnamese Do This or That? And we will try our best to come out in the future with some more interesting episodes. Be sure to support us. Uh, on our social media platforms at VSAR Ryerson on Instagram and Facebook where you'll find more cultural content and our other podcast episodes on Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube as well. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. And Audrey, do you have any last words you'd like to share to our listeners slash viewers? Um, well, I was, um, thank you, Brian, so much for like letting me come today, inviting me over to and like join you on this podcast honestly it's the first thing this is the first time i've ever been on youtube or like done a podcast so this is like very new for me and i'm like very excited to have been a part of it um i like if anyone i don't know if you guys do this but if anyone like has like other traditions that they do like from like what your culture do and the lunar new year i'd love i'd love to know more like if it's in the comments i will definitely read and respond Like, I will try, but I feel like I just really want to know more, because it's like, because like, it's kind of opened my eyes, because usually it's like, you kind of like live in a box, you're like, 
oh, this is like Chinese people do, Chinese people do that, and then you're like, oh, Vietnamese people do that too. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, it's just not people like, it's like really opens your mind up to new things, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. Like even through、yeah. this experience, I didn't realize there's like so many similarities, but yet minor yeah. differences. Yeah. And it was a great experience, and I do want to thank you, Audrey, as well, and the Ch-、uh, Ryerson's University Chinese Student Association for collaborating with the Vietnamese Student Association at Ryerson to create this special project. And I hope that viewers and listeners from both sides of our student groups will enjoy this. It's a bit of a special project to start off the new year. And you said this is your first time doing this, but you are a natural, Audrey. Like thank honestly, you. thank you for being on the show. New year, new things. You're trying out something new. Let's start off the year fresh. And with that, I really want to send off my final wishes with everybody. I hope that everybody is staying safe throughout these past years. I know that when we first started this series, I said that hopefully in the future episodes we'll be in the studio. But here I am, still not in a studio, even though we've upgraded our background、um, and become more refined as who we are as a, as a show. I. To think that I would like to thank everybody for your continuous support and your messages and emails to our platforms. I do see them and I get lots of good suggestions and look forward to hearing those suggestions. And of course, feel free to reach out to us if you have any more questions, inquiries on any of the topics that we touched. And of course, these are our personal intakes onto this, so we are not here also saying that. This is the only correct way of culture. Culture is different on everybody's family and everybody's experiences. We're just sharing what we know, or what is well known amongst these two different cultures. So we hope that you respect these as well, and we hope that with that we can learn to grow a bit more and also see these comparisons between our culture and learn to have cultural appreciation with each other as well. I、uh, am a big contender of. Being able to sh- safely share culture, which is why we created this platform as well. So I hope that everybody will help us take part in that as well. And one last wish for everybody: I do wish that everybody is happy, healthy for the new year, and wishing you lots of good health. And remember to stay positive through these times. We will make it through, and through with the new year, I hope it brings everybody new hope that there's a new life on the horizon. And We can make it through all these times, and it's all through the connections with peoples and different communities that we can get through these hard times. And with that, anything else, Audrey, you'd like to say? Happy Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year, whatever New Year you're celebrating、yes. in your culture. Happy、mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, happy Namai, Chukmung New Year is my hybrid version of、uh, that to get to the most audience. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast. We hope to see you in future episodes. Happy New Year once again! Remember to stay curious and ask why the Vietnamese. Why are there different accents in the regions of Vietnam? Why do Vietnamese have two wedding ceremonies? Why do Vietnamese have French words? Why is Vietnamese in Latin?、Script? Why do Vietnamese ride motorbikes? You're listening to Why Do Vietnamese, a cultural podcast by Visar.